Good tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast here at WXAN Radio in Ava, Illinois. I have the blessed blessing, if you would, of being your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton. And I am honored that you would tune in today, and I hope you'll tell a friend, text them, or give them a call right now. Let them know that the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast is on. And some have asked me, where did we get the title of Good Tidings? Well, it comes from Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 10, where about the birth of Jesus, they announced that Jesus is, the angels announced that it would be, he would be good tidings to all the earth. So anytime we get the privilege of preaching Jesus Christ, folks, he is good tidings. So we pray that this program is a blessing to you. And we want you to support WXAN Radio with your prayers. <clears throat> Let other people know about WXAN Radio, 103.9 FM, or on the internet at WXANradio.com. And when the page pulls up, click on Listen Live. And support the ministry financially as well, would you? Uh, it's a blessing to be on this air with uh, Danny and Leanne and, and Will and Melody and the good folks here, and to be a small part of trying to reach a world with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to edify the saints that are listening. So it is always a privilege to know that you are listening. So today I want you to open your Bibles. We're going to go to a very familiar passage of Scripture, and that's in Matthew chapter number 14. Matthew chapter number 14, here we are, August the 12th, in the year of our Lord, 2023, and this summer seems to be going by pretty quickly, but we're thankful that you're tuned in today, and we pray that this will be a blessing to you as you listen. Dorinda helps me, as you know, a lot of times. Our son, Brett, he's out in Buffalo, New York as well, and uh, they're doing well. They just couldn't be with me at this time. So here we are, August the 12th, 2023, and uh, we want you to be a, to hopefully get a blessing from this passage of Scripture. So Matthew chapter number 14, I want to speak to you this morning on a message entitled, What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. What to do when you don't know what to do. Now, we're going to be taking our text verses from verse 21 down through verse number 33. So Matthew 14, verse number 21 through verse 33. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side. Well, he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. Now, notice that expression, folks. He went up into a mountain apart to pray. One of the greatest things that we can do is be a prayer warrior and study the life and the prayer life, particularly of Jesus Christ. We need to pray without ceasing. The Bible instructs us to do that. You may say, I can't do a whole lot for Jesus like I once did. Well, believer, you can still pray. You can pray for yourself, for your family, for your pastor, for your church, for your missionaries. You can pray for uh, 
those elected officials in our particular country, that God would remove the evil and reestablish righteousness in elected capacities and send revival to this church, uh, to this country, to Pastor David, to each of ourselves. We need revival, folks, so we can pray. Be a prayer warrior. Jesus' disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to preach or teach us to feed people. They said, teach us to pray. So Jesus went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was done, or was come, rather, he was there alone. I'm in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 24 now. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, or in other words, three o'clock in the morning, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And and he said, this is Jesus speaking, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? In other words, why did you doubt? And in verse 32, And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Verse 33, Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Now, folks, we want to share this outline with you this morning, a sermon entitled, What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. And by way of introduction, in verse number 23 of our passage, notice this. The scripture says, And when he had sent the multitudes away, He went up into a mountain apart to pray. Every serious Bible student, every serious student of the Bible should study the prayer life of Jesus Christ. Now, when this account of this story opened, Peter had just witnessed the miracle working power of the Lord Jesus Christ. He saw the feeding of the multitude. And folks, there's nothing like it in all the annals of literature anywhere. The feeding of the 5,000 men. Bible scholars go on to say if there were 5,000 men there, then there were likely another 5,000 women. And if there were 5,000 women, then there were likely approximately 15,000 children accompanying them. And if that's the case, then there may have been as many as 25,000 people that Jesus fed in this miracle. So think about this. This miracle is presented in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and in John. And the lad is unnamed. Now get this. Only in John's Gospel is there a mention in, mention of the lad or the young fella. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he's not mentioned at all, but only in John's Gospel. This young man had five loaves and two fish. 
This young lad, he was unnamed. He was unknown. He was unheard. And he was unselfish. And he makes a loan, if you will, to Jesus Christ. In other words, he gives what he has to Jesus. Christian, have you given what you have to Jesus? Yes, you've trusted him by faith to be your Savior, and you've been born again. But now have you given him your time, talent, and treasures that he's given you? Are you serving Jesus in some capacity? Everyone can serve Jesus as a prayer warrior. You can witness to people, hand out a gospel tract every day. You can feed people. You can help folks. Are you serving Jesus in some capacity? This young lad, unnamed, unheard of, or unnamed, unheard, unselfish, and unknown, made a loan to Jesus, and really, of these five loaves and two fishes, and he got back a 1,200% interest, if you would. Jesus took what he had, and he fed the multitudes, and left 12 baskets full, each one a basket for each of the disciples. So think about this. This is the only miracle that's recorded in all four of the Gospels. So folks, it must be significant. God wants us to look at it today. Peter had squirmed out of a lot of things in his life. He was impetuous. He was boisterous. He was obnoxious. He was the spokesman for all the disciples. Peter was the man that put his foot in his mouth quite a bit. But here in this passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 14, verses 21 through 33, he finds himself in a situation where he doesn't know what to do. Folks, he's in the middle of the sea in the middle of the night, in the middle of a storm, it's three o'clock in the morning, and he doesn't know what to do. He needs a miracle. Now think about the Sea of Galilee. They say geographically it lies in between two mountain ranges. There's a mountain on each side of it. And those mountains actually act as a wind tunnel, forcing the wind down and across the Sea of Galilee. Well, the Sea of Galilee, they say, is very beautiful. It's 13 miles long, it's 8 miles wide, and it's 150 feet deep in its deepest point. So Peter needs nothing short of a miracle that's going to provide the solution to his dilemma. Now today, do you find yourself in need of a miracle? Do you find yourself in a situation that you don't know what to do? Some of you listening today, you need a miracle. You need a miracle in your marriage, in your finances, in your church, in your ministry, in your business, for the physical healing of someone you're praying for. Now, you got to remember this, folks. If you do not believe in miracles, then you'll never experience one. The God we serve, the Lord Jesus Christ, is a miracle-working God. He came to the earth miraculously born of the Virgin Mary. He did not inherit a sinful nature. He was sinless. He went through life sinless. He died on the cross vicariously to display the love of God for humanity. Humans are sinners. We owe a sin debt to God, and that sin debt must be paid for. And God never overlooks a sin debt. That sin must be paid for. Well, Jesus paid that sin debt with his vicarious sacrificial death on the cross, his shed blood that was came from his body on that cross, his burial in the tomb, and then his resurrection the third day. That's a miracle. Jesus Christ conquered death, hell, and the grave, the greatest warrior that ever walked on the face of the earth, Jesus Christ. He is a miracle-working God. 
So some of you need a miracle today. So we're going to look at some biblical points from this text that will show you that you'll know what to do when you don't know what to do. Number one, I submit to you, get a pencil, get a pen, write this down. Ask for divine instructions. In verse number 28 of our passage, the scripture says, Lord, Jesus, or rather Peter speaking, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Ask for divine instruction. Peter saying, Lord, if it's you, let me come to you and let me do it on the water. Think about this. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, when we need a miracle and when we're looking for divine instruction, God's word instructs us. It says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, folks, you know that I love to quote Jesus. In Matthew 7 and verse 7, Jesus said this, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. In the Old Testament passage of Jeremiah 33 and verse 3, the Bible says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. In Psalm chapter 32 and verse number 8, the scripture says, God speaking, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. And in Proverbs chapter 33 and verse 18, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. That reminds me of the old Christian hymn. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Now question, where can we get the wisdom that we need when we need a miracle? Well, we got questions. God has the answer. In James chapter 1 and verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. God, the Bible, is your source of wisdom. Seek the Scripture, the holy inspired book, inerrant, infallible, impeccable, pontifical, preserved. Folks, it is the answer for what you need when it comes to wisdom. So God uses problems and difficulties in our life to show us who he is and that he is actually in control. Sometimes we forget that. So what do we do when we don't know what to do? Well, the first thing that we do, saints, I submit to you, is to ask for divine instruction. The second thing I submit to you is to move in the direction of Jesus. In verse number 29 of our text verse, And he said, Come. Peter had asked Jesus in verse 28, and Jesus said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Notice that, to go to Jesus. Move in the direction of Jesus. Can you imagine what the other disciples had to be thinking at this time or saying about Peter? I know, and you do too. Folks, some of the Christians that you run with, 
when you tell them that God is calling you to the ministry or calling you to do something for him or has put a desire upon your heart to serve him in some form or fashion, should you not be careful, some Christians around you will throw cold water on you. They'll criticize you. They'll discourage you. But you keep your eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ and draw closer to him. Jesus said to Peter, come. I'm sure when he got down out of that ship, here's this boisterous sea ravaging the ship and the spray blowing all over the place that Peter's getting down at the instruction of Jesus. Notice that not of his own foolishness, but at the instruction of Jesus, he's coming down out of the ship and he gets on the sea and he begins to walk on the water. I bet those disciples in there with him were saying, Peter, you haven't been to seminary yet. You can't preach. Peter, you haven't been instructed yet. Peter, you can't, you can't, you can't. Folks, if God says you can do it, greater is he who is in you than he who's in the world. If God is for us, then who can be against us? If God is telling you to do something, pastor, if God is telling you to do something, missionary, if God is telling you to do something, friend, as a Christian, you do it. Peter got down out of the ship. And he began to walk on the water. Now, the word come, which was what Jesus said to Peter when he invited him, that is a characteristic word of the Bible. In Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come, thou and all thy house, into the ark. In Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18, he says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. And in Revelation 22 and verse 17, and the spirit and the bride say, come. Now, folks, think about this. Everyone can come to Jesus Christ for salvation. Some are not predestined to go to hell. That's not God's will. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That Christ died for the sins of the whole world, everyone. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone can come to Jesus Christ and be born again. No one is excluded from Jesus. And Jesus' invitation is to you today to come. Now, do you know Christ as your Savior? Have you met the Savior? You may know about him, but do you know him personally? Jesus Christ wants you to be saved. If you'd like to know him personally, then from the sincerity of your heart, I invite you now to follow me in this prayer of faith. Christ died for you on the cross, was buried and resurrected. He's paid for your sins, but it only applies to you when you ask him to be your savior. And then it applies to you. So follow me in this prayer if you'd like to be saved and to know you're going to heaven. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I'm trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior and take me to heaven when I die. Amen. Now, folks, if you've done that, I want you to give me a phone call or send me an email. My phone number is 618-499-8761. 618-499-8761. Or if you'd like to email me, my email address is Dr. Dave. D-R-D-A-V-E-1-3 at gmail.com. DrDave13 at gmail.com. I have some free literature that I'll be glad to mail you and send to you. 
and you get in contact with me, I'm available for special meetings, revivals, uh, uh, soul winning conferences, anything. Folks, I know how to see God revive a church and build a church. I've built several of them. God built them through me, but applying the principles of the scripture, revival is still possible for you and your ministry and your church. It is possible. Reach out and let me know. But everyone can come to Jesus. No one is excluded from Jesus' invitation to come to him. And as a believer, God wants you to come to him. Draw closer to him. Commit yourself to Jesus Christ. Folks, Jesus is the only way to life. He's the only way to liberty. He's the only way to light. He's the only way to hope. He's the only way to holiness. And he's the only way to happiness. And he is the only way to heaven. He said in John 14 and 6, Verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And in John 6 and verse 37, Jesus said, All that the Father giveth to me shall come to me. And he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Or in other words, no way cast out. Everyone can come to Jesus. So what do we do when we don't know what to do? Well, number one, We ask for divine instruction. Number two, we move in the direction of Jesus. And in number three, I submit to you this morning that we stop looking at the obstacles. In verse 30 of Matthew chapter 14, our text, listen to what the Holy Scripture says. But when he, that's Peter, saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. Stop looking at the obstacles. What is an obstacle? Anything that you see when you take your eyes off of Jesus. Folks, as long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, everything went well. He had no fear. He had no frustration. He had no failure. He had no danger. But the moment that he took his eyes off of Jesus Christ, he began to sink. And in verse number 30, it says, and beginning to sink. Is your eye upon Jesus? Friend, If you want to be discouraged in your Christian walk, put your eyes upon the preacher, upon the deacon, upon some Christian you know, upon some Christian neighbor. Folks, they may be trying the best they know how to live as close to Jesus as possible. But if you watch them long enough, they will fail you. But I tell you today that Jesus has never failed anybody. He is the one who spoke everything into existence. He is the great God. He's the ultimate warrior, folks, who conquered death, hell, and the grave. He's never lost anybody, nor dropped anybody, nor failed anybody. Don't look at the obstacles. When you need a miracle, Peter looked at the wind being boisterous. You keep your eyes upon Jesus Christ. The moment Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. The moment you take your eyes off of Jesus and put it on some preacher, some missionary, someone else, folks, It's okay to have confidence in these people, and you should, and you should pray for them. But you'll be discouraged if you keep your eyes upon them. But you will not. You'll be encouraged, and you'll have the victory if you keep your eyes upon Jesus. When we take our eyes off of Jesus, we are writing our own prescription for misery, for heartache, for unhappiness, and for disaster. The old country song says in our hymnal, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full into his wonderful face, and the things of earth shall grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So what do we do when we don't know what to do? We need a miracle, as Peter did here in Matthew 14. 
We ask for divine instruction. We move in the direction of Jesus. Thirdly, we stop looking at the obstacles. And fourthly, <coughs> excuse me, we call upon Jesus to save us. In verse number 30 of our text, the scripture says, Jesus, or Peter, beginning to sink, he said, Lord, save me. Now, he wasn't asking him to save him for salvation. Peter had already believed on Jesus for salvation when Andrew brought him to Christ. He was asking him to physically save him. He was about to drown. He was about to head to the bottom of the Sea of Galilee. And in verse 31, here's how Jesus responded. And immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. Folks, he caught him by the hand. Peter was caught by the hand that made the universe. He was caught by the hand that made the stars, the moon, the sun, the planets, the earth, and the heavens. Jesus grabbed Peter. And folks, it's just like Jesus to rescue his own. Friend, when you call upon Jesus to save you spiritually, he does immediately. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But you may need a miracle for Christ to do something for you miraculously and hear what happened. When you call upon Jesus, Jesus responded to Peter immediately. Call upon Jesus to save you. If you're emotionally need healing, physically needing healing, financially needing healing, needing revival in your heart, in your attitude, in your disposition. And it's just like Jesus to rescue his own. He'll save any sinner that calls upon him. Romans 10 and verse 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Number five, when, when you don't know what to do, number five, I submit to you, stay with Jesus. Stay with Jesus. In verse 32, And when they were come into the ship, notice it says they, that's Peter and Jesus, the wind ceased. Stay with Jesus. Jesus was clinging to Peter. Peter was no doubt clinging to Jesus. But when they come into the ship, they came in together. Why? Because Jesus had a hold of Peter. He rescued him. He brought him into the ship and to the safety of the ship. Folks, you're not safe if you don't know Christ as Savior. When you die, you go to hell. But if you know Christ as Savior, you go to heaven. Verse 33, then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him. Folks, when you go to church and when you go to Sunday school, it's to learn about Jesus. When you go to church, it's to worship Jesus, not worship the gospel group, not worship the minister, not worship someone else that you respect and admire, but it's there to worship Jesus. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. All of our preaching should be about Jesus. All of our teaching should be about Jesus. All of our singing should be about Jesus Christ and him alone. When we get to heaven around the throne, in the book of Revelation, they are worshiping the Lamb of God. Worthy, worthy, worthy is he that was slain. Jesus is that Lamb. It's all about Jesus. You'll be discouraged if you follow your denomination, but you'll be encouraged if you focus on Jesus and you worship him in spirit and in truth and you serve Jesus Christ and use your gifts and talents that he's given you to win souls to him, to disciple people, to feed them, to clothe them, to help, but you do it in Jesus' name and for Jesus' glory and honor. No one else's and not your own. They worshiped him. You see, Jesus clings to us. And in Hebrews 13 and verse 5, he said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Jesus holds on to us. In John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. 
The song says, once in Christ, in Christ forever, nothing from my soul to sever. I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. Friends, when you don't know what to do, what to do when you don't know what to do, the first thing that you do is ask for divine instruction. Secondly, you move in the direction of Jesus. Thirdly, you stop looking at the obstacles. Fourthly, you call upon Jesus to save you. And number five, you stay with Jesus. Now, this has been the Good Tidings radio broadcast from Luke chapter 2 and verse 10. I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton. Again, 618-499-8761. Get a hold of me if I can help you, if you'd like to correspond. I do, I'm available for special meetings, for pulpit supply, for any kind of edification, for evangelization, for putting together soul-winning programs. Folks, keep looking up. Jesus is coming one day soon. You're on the winning side. When you need a miracle, expect a miracle from Jesus and come to him and ask him for it, and he'll do it. He gave it to Peter in Matthew 14. He'll give it to you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His name is Jesus. Keep looking because he is coming again. God bless you and good tidings to each and every one of you. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Oh, yes. So fear not.